The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What's up, guys? This is the Talking to Star podcast. I'm your host, Connor Livesy, joined by an OG co-host of the Talking to Star show as Dalton Miller has returned from the dead from a different country. He's back and he is on Talking to Star. It's been a little bit, but Dalton, good to see you again and uh, good to have you back on, on the show. I, I want to be clear. I haven't returned from another country. I'm still in <laughs> another country. I'm just on the podcast in a different country. Same, same thing. I mean, you, you disappeared for a while. You moved to a different country. You're, mm-hmm. you're back you, to the people you have returned to their ears from from a different country. So, yes, yes, exactly. Well, it's good to have you back on. Like I said, we started this, what, probably four years ago, five years ago, I think. Five years, yeah, five, maybe even six years ago. We, we started the show, just me and Dalton. Um He's moved on to bigger and better things. I've stopped doing a lot of this stuff. So I kept it going for a little bit. You know, we went in different directions, but glad to have him back on. And uh, I thought it'd be the perfect time to invite him into my Dak cult, as he wrote an article, um, breaking down the play of Dak Prescott from week seven against the Detroit Lions. And as everybody knows, I am the leader of, for some reason, I'm the leader of the Dak Prescott cult. You're not. You're not the leader of the Dak Prescott cult. That would be Mike. Mike yeah. is the leader of the Dak Prescott cult. Um, I would also put Daniel up there. That would be Cowboy Stats and Graphics. Um, <laughs> but I, I do believe, you know, with, with Mike, it comes from a sense of fandom and, you know, getting to know Dak Prescott a little bit here and there. Daniel, it, it just comes from the numbers. Like it, Daniel is a machine. I mean, I've I've met Daniel in person, um, and he, I mean, he's not like he's a person per se, but but he is pretty much just a calculator. He is as analytical as you would believe. I I am glad that he changed his name to Stats and Graphics and took newsletter out because I haven't gotten. My yeah, Dallas Cowboys yeah. newsletter for for over a year now, and I was getting upset about that. But anyways, 
anyway calculator and I, I don't know there might not be a worse thing to be called than a calculator so daniel i'm sorry you're just i mean maybe for phrase. you but like he's I mean, data <laughs> analytics is like his his thing i mean that's that's what he that's what he does i mean he actually is uh, uh did stuff um with the local news in dallas um and that's what he was doing when when i met him um so he is like he, he's a real person but uh I love the way that his Twitter has gone because he's gone from being very stats focused to now being pretty much just a meme. I love um, it. His account is hilarious. If yeah. you guys aren't following Cowboys stats, you need to. Yeah, he's the man. He's the man. But let's talk a little bit about what you wrote in your article for Pro Football Network. Um, you went through, talked about, you know, some of the bad, some of the good, kind of just grading the overall performance. Um I guess I'll start since I didn't write an article on it, but like if I had to watch, I went through, I watched everything, you know, took the numbers. And for me, I think it was a B grade. You're, and that's what I would have given it. Um, I think you, some of the stuff you highlighted and what you're going to talk about, like he had two throws he probably shouldn't have attempted. And one of them, I actually watching it, it wasn't even that bad of a throw. Like the safety broke on it, made a good play. It just, it was too aggressive of a throw, but it actually was very close to being caught. Um, and then a couple of, like I said, he, he's always due for a heat check or two a game. And oh, yeah. Oh, I wouldn't yeah. even call this a heat check because it wasn't like he was like on fire early on. But he's going to throw a couple heat checks a game. And he had a couple of them. And I guess my whole overall, like if I were to write the article, it would be like, if you're going to critique four or five bad plays, which I think is kind of what you can look at and say that he played poorly you just have poor expectations of what you're expecting from quarterbacks, especially one who hasn't played in six weeks and was going to obviously be a little rusty. So that's yeah. my, that's my article summary in short. No, I, <laughs> I don't think that that's a bad one. And, and it's funny because in my article, I actually, I, I highlighted like his four or five worst plays. And I used that to show how well he actually played right. overall and I do think, I mean, it's very much like offensive linemen, and it, it it's different in a sense where you can screw up more as a quarterback than you can as an offensive lineman. If you screw up in pass protection twice, you had a, a dog crap game. Right. You had a bad football game at that point. As a quarterback, you can miss a couple of throws, and every single quarterback in the NFL misses multiple throws a game. It always happens. Um and that's what we saw from Dak. I, I honestly, Dak is somebody who, and this is something that is completely anecdotal on my part. I don't know the numbers behind this, but I feel like Dak starts slow a lot of times in football games. It's just, it's always been a feeling for me. Um, I think that that is something that has to change or, you know, should change if this team is going to get to the next level because it's a team that's their defensive line obviously is the strength of their entire football team. Their first in pressure percentage, their first in overall pressures, first in sacks, first in sack percentage. They are unbelievable on the defensive line. And if you can get into a lead early, this is a football team that is going to win football games by 20, 25 points because of that defensive line. Um, so I think Dak can always stand to start a little bit quicker. I do think that it was just his his nerves were going a little bit first game back after the the thumb injury um and he missed a throw uh that he never misses um on that rollout on the first throw of the game uh, he's very good 
rolling to his left. Um, and it's something that a lot of people don't understand. Quarterbacks, especially, you know, right-handed quarterbacks are actually better rolling to their left than they are to their right. Um, it's a more natural threat. Well, it's, I say that it's, it's more unnatural in its feeling, but it's more consistent in your mechanics. Um, so I, I think that that's a, a throw he makes 19 times out of 20 right in the chest. Um, he just let it sail a little bit, probably should have been caught. Um, but should have also been a better throw. I just, I thought it was funny in the broadcast, how Tony <laughs> made it sound like it was going to be a touchdown if it was caught, um, 15 which was, game. was obviously not true. Yeah. Um, but let's no, just, like I said, let, let's just say Noah Brown catches that ball. If Cooper rushes back there and that's not even a hit. Well, we've anybody. Seen, well, and we've seen Noah Brown catch more difficult passes or, or right. worse passes from Cooper rush. I mean, that's right. part of their relationship. And it, and listen, the quarterback that is throwing the football absolutely matters. Absolutely. These guys all have different spin rates. They all throw the ball a little bit differently. And that absolutely matters when it comes to catching the football. That's why teams don't like left-handed quarterbacks because the, the ball is literally spinning in the opposite direction. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that, you know, when I, I looked at his play in totality, it was a lot of what I love about Dak Prescott. It was, you know, them spreading out the the defense and having him attack in horizontal spacing concepts and just picking apart that defense underneath. Um, I hate that part of the Cowboys offense because I think that they rely on that quick West Coast stuff way too often and it inhibits their ability to actually push the ball downfield. I love what Kellen Moore did this week with getting into heavier formations and running half of Dak Prescott's attempts out of play action. If you can run the ball and if you can run play action from under center, I think that that is the best plan for this offense because you don't have good receivers and you do have two to three tight ends that can play ball. Yeah, no, I mean, I think you broke it down really good. I, I guess the biggest surprise to me was that Dak Prescott's air yards were 10.8 in this game. Cause it didn't feel like it. Dude, it did not feel like that at all. That, I have no that, clue where it came from. Always what I go back to is it's like, I always go back to Cowboys fans and a lot of people who cover the Cowboys. I, I'm not saying they don't watch football outside of the Cowboys, but they, their expectations for their quarterback are just insurmountably different than other quarterbacks. And it's, well, yeah, if you look around the league, I mean, just just look at Kansas City and and Patrick Mahomes. His A dot is like seven yards. I mean, he is low on the A dot scale. Him and Justin Herbert is as well. And Justin Herbert's is an offensive deficiency. With with Kansas City, it's an efficiency because they are fantastic in those looks as well. Um, and they have the the weapons to attack on the outside behind the line of scrimmage. And that's something that we don't see from the Cowboys' offense is that behind the line of scrimmage that screen game. From the Cowboys and we'll see right. a, a couple of, of running back screens here and there. And I think, you know, we, we saw early um, and against some teams, we will see them spread out and run those quick, you know, hot routes um, when defenses are playing off to Michael Gallup and CD lamb and try to see if they can make a play. Um, but those are usually cold run plays where it's just, Hey, you, me, um, and, and we're going to get this ball out immediately and, and pick up some free yards. Hopefully, um, but from a, a schematic standpoint, it's an offense that is predicated on long twos. Um, as uh, Nate Tice said um, when he was breaking down 
Single the Jacksonville balls. Jaguars offense. Uh-huh. It's it's like Kevin Garnett. It's right. you know you could take a, a step back and shoot threes, but it's a, a it's yeah. an offense that it really attacks you know in that eight to to fifteen yard range. Yeah, yeah. No, I I think that's a great way to kind of describe it. Like I love listening to Nate talk um, football in general, but yeah, I think yeah. he was talking about the Cowboys the other day, and he just said they just they hit a lot of singles and doubles, and I think that's yeah. the best way. Like. They don't yep. have the personnel to really go for the explosive home run play consistently. They don't they have just, any speed. And, and that's the, the same the same issue we see in Los Angeles with the Chargers is they're just slow as shit. The same yeah. thing with with uh the, the Packers without Christian Watson. They just they have no speed, so they can't attack downfield. And that's why the downfield throws that we see, it's you know, that that one heave. Uh, that we had to Michael Gallup on the left side. And then that seam throw to, to CD were the two ones that were, were really big. Um, and that throw to CD, honestly, if he doesn't push off of Alex Anzalone, he might get his body in front of the safety instead of the safety undercutting that. And instead of looking at a, a pass that we saw as an interceptable pass and, and a bad one, right. we're looking at one of the top throws, if not the top throw from the entire week. It, and it, all of that happened... Yeah, that's the one I was that's talking, about, talking about. It, yeah. it was the one where you watch it from the end zone view, and you know we've talked about, oh, you can't take that. You know, that's yeah, the one it, you can't do. And then you watch it, and you go, holy shit! Yep. If CD doesn't get offline when he pushes off of Ann's loan, he might catch that ball. And yep. I mean, that's a ridiculous throw. And and like I said in my article, it's aggressive, bordering on right on egregious. Like that, right. that is that is too much for Dak Prescott to try to bite off. Um, especially in that situation, it was second and 20. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that it's, uh, it's a heat check that you get from Dak and Dak has consistently over the years made those types of throws in big situations. So, right. um, I, I think it was just one of those moments for him. Yeah. And, and, he, and it's again, a like that, it's a moment that they weren't pushing the ball downfield. It was the first real opportunity right. he had to push the ball downfield. And I think he was just trying to do that. And again, like if we don't see him make those throws, you know, like if you see a guy, if, if Cooper then what, are you paying the, what are you paying the guy $40 million right, for? Right. Exactly. Yeah. And also it's like, we've seen him do it enough to where I'm not going to kill him when he takes two of those attempts. Like Randall mm-hmm. Cobb against the saints a couple of years ago, he threaded the needle on fourth and 20 or whatever it was. And, got to midfield and gave him a chance. He did it with CD lamb um, a few times last year as well. He threw a pick last year against the bucks in week one, where it was a great throw over the middle, went off of CD lamb's hands, almost the same, almost the same play. Um, just CD lamb couldn't bring it in. It was picked off, tipped up in the air, picked off, but it's just like, we've seen him make five to six of those a season to where when he makes them in a game and it is almost intercepted or whatever. It's not like you can throw a fit and go, what are you doing? Because you've seen them completed for big plays and you cheer it on. So it can't be a results-based opinion, in my opinion. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 
360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Yeah, I mean what? it can be because fans are always going to be right. results based. But yeah, I mean, it trust <laughs> you. You should literally, you should literally trust the process as, right. as one uh, now disgraced, I guess disgraced um, NBA general manager would would say. <laughs> um. So you mentioned, you know, we talked a little bit. Obviously, we we both kind of I think view the Dak performance pretty identical um we think he had a couple throws he wants back he missed a couple throws maybe made an attempt or two you wouldn't love to see him make but in all in all first game back after six weeks off I don't know that you're expecting if you had greater expectations for that I think you were in the wrong going into that game because of the time off the lack of throwing the lack of practice heading into that week with them having a relatively short week after finishing up Philly on Sunday night, getting back late, not really practicing a whole lot during the week. So um, I was happy with it. We talked about the lack of speed at receiver. Uh, They obviously traded for Jonathan Hankins yesterday, big defensive tackle that's going to try to come in and help with the run defense. You see them, or have you looked at anybody that might be, I know you kind of cover the NFL as as a broad, you know, thing for pro football network. Is there anybody out there, I mean, a lot of people keep mentioning Elijah Moore, Brandon Cooks. I mean, I think Jerry Judy's a guy that I would be looking at if you could get him for a third-round pick or a swap of a player with a draft pick. Like, that'd be the guy I'd want because he can play in the slot. He creates that separation that we know Dak likes, and he's going to be, you know, here for a cheap deal, and then maybe you can bring him back on something not totally super expensive after that. Is there anybody out there that you've looked at that they might be able to go at to and add some juice to that receiver room? I don't think so. I, I really wish that they could. Um, I think Elijah Moore would be a, a perfect fit. Um, he's somebody who I think would definitely help when it comes to getting some of those easy receptions um, around the line of scrimmage. Somebody who can be a weapon in the screen game. Um, Moore is not as advanced as a ra- of a route runner as you would like. And I think that there are times where he is a little bit out of position um in that Jets offense and I think that's part of the issue right now with him um another thing that is a problem with Elijah Moore and it's a problem with the Jets in general is Joe Douglas just hoards those wide receivers I mean he's practically held Denzel Mims hostage for two years now um so I don't see him actually being on the market even though he wants to be moved um Brandon Cooks would be my choice personally just because I want all of that speed that he has uh, the issue is that Houston has historically um, wanted to keep him around. He is obviously their only wide receiver in Houston. Without him, I don't think you can accurately get a gauge on what you have in Davis Mills. Now, you might already know what you have in Davis Mills. I think that you already know what you have in Davis Mills, and that's you need to draft a quarterback in the 2023 NFL draft if you're Houston. But um, I think that they're probably still trying to get a, a feel for him. I think. Um, picking up Jonathan Hankins is something that they had to do um, just because I don't think Bohana has progressed the way that they want him to. I think that he's been pretty poor so far and without Bohana, they don't have any beef on the interior and it's a, a unit that's really good. 
Uh, there's, there's, you know, three or four deep on the interior that you like, but they are all smaller guys, um, guys that work well on stunts. Um, they don't have a, a real true space eater in Hankins, I think can be that for him. Um, but from a receiver standpoint, I don't see them getting rid of Judy, um, especially with Tim Patrick out for the season. I don't think that they um, really like what they have outside of those top three guys when Tim Patrick is healthy. Uh, so I, I think that they're going to probably hold on to Judy as well. I mean, Judy's the one I would look at, but I mean, even like a KJ Hamler or someone like that, it's smaller slot has a speed. I, I mean, I, I don't watch these guys like you do as far as a broad span of NFL, but I mean, between like a Hamler or Judy, I, mean, I doubt they'd move him because they just got him. But like my problem with Judy is, I mean, the drops. same problem I, I say. Yeah, I say it's the same problem I have with CD. It's just it's worse. I mean, yeah. I've seen I've seen Jerry Judy's hands in a practice format um, when he was getting ready for the NFL combine um, and he was atrocious. I mean, I mean very, that was a thing at Alabama. That was yes, like very. Rock unnatural catcher of the football. Um, and no matter how shifty you are, he fights it when he catches yeah. it. So that, that is an issue. Now the, the one name I keep going back to, and it's, this is like super, super out there. Cause they just traded for him. They're not having a good year. I wonder, and, and they're very aggressive in this market. So I wonder if you called them and you could talk them off the ledge here is Devonte Parker with the, Patriots because he does have the size the vertical ability they just traded for him so it'd be hard to see them trading for a guy and trading him away but they're not having a great year quarterback situations muggy they got some other guys at receiver with Jacoby Myers and Nelson Aguilar and some other dudes that they kind of like there like and they're always aggressive trading guys away if they feel like hey this isn't a guy that we're like excited about keeping they'll trade him away no problem so i wonder if he'd be a guy that would be available i don't know that he would be but he would be i think the yeah i think the issue for me is it doesn't solve the speed issue for the cowboys and i think that that at the end of the day more than anything else speed is the main issue on this football team yeah and and he's not like I mean, he's a vertical threat. He's not a speed guy, but he's just like he's got what yeah, he's, he's, he's big vertical big, threat, right. big, tall, high point vertical right. threat. Yeah, which which. Not that's like not that I prefer that over the speed, but like if you just I mean, that's the thing with Michael Gallup right now. Is he just doesn't look healthy. <laughs> no, Michael, Michael Gallup looks slow right out there. Like he, he, doesn't, he honestly it, it does. might not be. It might not be a physical health thing. It might be a mental health thing where like he doesn't. He's not quite there physically. Needs, healthy. He's just, yeah, he needs to work his way back a little bit. Right. He, the, the timing has been off a little bit with with Michael Gallup. Um, it happened, you know, even on that throw to CeeDee Lamb. Yeah, he was a little bit late getting into his dig. Um, and he just doesn't seem as explosive off the line of scrimmage. Uh, there was uh, a play where Dak Prescott checked the ball down uh, to Tony Pollard in the left flat, where if I, I think if Michael Gallup is a little bit quicker off the line of scrimmage, beating press um, and getting vertical, I, I think it's a touchdown um, because Kevontae Turpin was running across the field, uh, middle of field closed uh, cover three and the safety jumped Turpin. Nobody was on that side. If uh, if Gallup flashes vertically a little bit quicker, I think it's a touchdown. Yeah, and that's just my biggest thing with this team right now is this, the pass blocking that I think can hold them back. And then I just I, – I mean, they just don't have 
I think CD's been fine this year, but I don't think I don't think CD's good enough to make up for the lack of wide receiver to Michael Gallup's 70% right now. Like Gallup's not good enough at 70% to really sit in and, and take this team through the playoffs as a wide receiver too. And then they just we just not again, like people killed Noah Brown last week. Obviously, he didn't have a great game, but even 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 then, like I think Noah Brown's been a lot better than everybody tabbed him being coming into the year. But I, I don't know that him as your wide receiver three is something that can make up for that lack of talent at wide receiver two right now. So that's just the one position I think I'd want to see some sort of addition at. And and like you said, there might not be anybody so out there to get, but that's those are my pass blocking and receiver talent. This is just the two things that I just go because even when these receivers have played well this year. It hasn't been – I mean, what, did CD go over 100 yards once, I think? Noah Brown went over 100 yards once, and that's it. I mean, it's been a lot of running the football, I get. The offense – yeah, I mean, just the offense in general has right. been we, really we've bad. We've been talking so. about this through text for a couple weeks, but it's just – once you get in the playoffs, you're going to have to score points. Like, if, if you still believe that – not saying defenses are bad or whatever it is, but, like, if you still think that you can have a bland offense that wins the Super Bowl, just go look at who's won the Super Bowl the last – five, six, seven years. You've got to be able to score points. And they they made the Jonathan Hankins move, which is a move I didn't think they would make. So maybe they will surprise us and go out and get a receiver. So that's kind of my my last ask for this season is to do that. <laughs> how would you how would you feel about Chase Claypool? Because that's a name that's been floated around in the trade market a little bit. I mean, I don't love Chase Claypool, but I think he's better than what you have at wide receiver three. I think so too. So, I think so too. And I know that people are probably waiting on James Washington to come back and be healthy, but they shouldn't that's, be because that's a Michael Gallup who, thing, right? Liz Frank, like already wasn't great coming in uh, and, and wasn't very explosive. Right. He, he had a very niche uh, skill set, and you, you're right. I, I think Claypool would, would be a, a much better fit than, than James Washington would be. I would rather trade for chicks Claypool than have James Washington yeah. have to take meaningful snaps. Yeah. No, I mean, I agree. Like I said, like, I don't even think Chase Claypool's a Chase Claypool's one of those guys that I'm like, whatever, you know, it's whatever. He's a, yeah. he's just, he's a wide receiver too, that is going to let you down. So he's in an inconsistent wide receiver too, is kind of what I yeah. see him as, but I think they just have to add something there. Like, even if you don't get the true wide receiver two or the one B that they've had with Amari and, you have to get a guy that you feel like great about being your wide receiver three. Cause I don't think you even have that right now. Yeah. So, but I don't know. I mean, like I said, it doesn't seem like they're interested in giving Jalen Tolbert a shot whatsoever. And not to say that he's earned that, but almost, you just kind of don't know what you have there. And I feel like, you know what you have with everybody else. So I'd almost like to see him just get a game or two of just, Hey, you're going to play 60% of the snaps and we're going to see what you can do. Cause you got nothing else, and I think you kind of know what you got with everybody else. And he's the one. I, I wonder if it's. I wonder if it's a picking up the offense thing with Tolbert. It must. It's got to be I because mean, yeah. it is not. This is not an easy offense for wide no. receivers, and we saw that last year. That was one of the biggest issues between Dak Prescott and the ragtag group of receivers that was coming in and out is miscommunications because they don't they're not seeing the same thing we see defensively the Dak is seeing and there's a bunch of option routes in this right. offense and you need to be able to read your keys correctly and be in the right spot and far too often it hasn't happened so I think that's probably what's going on with Jalen Tolbert at least that's what I hope it is and that that can be fixed because if it's a, a talent issue we got a problem yeah 
And, and we see what you just mentioned. We see it with Lamb sometimes too. I mean, we see we've seen that on multiple occasions where the ball's thrown this way and they go that way, or the ball's thrown yep. here and they're late getting to it. You know, it's 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 something that I think gets looked over a lot. That this isn't the easiest offense to I think pick up and run as a receiver. But I, I do think they got to try to speed up that process and go. Let's see what you got, kid, because what we're getting from two and three right now is just so inconsistent. Or you know, such and such isn't healthy. Like we gotta, we gotta see if we got something there, so we can make make a decision if we're gonna go sign an Odell Beckham or go trade for a guy. Or there's somebody out there that they could go get if they really needed to. But I think they need they need to see if Tolbert's just an absolute wash this year before they do that. Yep. Don, it was good to have you back on. It was good to be back on, man. I've what missed you, you. What 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 are you doing today? You, you live in a cool country where you can go. Uh, yeah. So, uh, because it's football season and I'm pretty much locked in my office most of the time, um, two days a week, Wednesday and Saturday, um, I am forced to take my wife out to dinner. Um, so we will be walking downtown Wednesdays. We stay in town Wednesday or Saturdays. We go out of town. Um, and today, um, we will be walking into town and having dinner somewhere. And then walking back. Um, Are you guys going to eat some, some bread, with, bread with butter on it or something? Oh, for sure. For sure. We're going to have some Covert. It is. That is what it's called here. It's called Covert. Um, their butter is, butter is fantastic, but their bread, um, I, I don't know how they do it, but European bread is just flat out better. Just flat out better than American bread. America does a lot of things better. America has, you know, Texas barbecue and all the different, you know, if you like North Carolina barbecue or whatever, um, there aren't nearly as many places here that do hot wings um, or any type of wings like that. Um, the the, uh, the the seafood here is is better, um, but they don't have Old Bay, so you know Old Bay crabs. You they, you can't really beat that. Um, but yeah, there's a, there's a bunch of fun stuff to do here. We'll do it again, man. Like I said, I was glad to have you back on and uh, get the get the two OGs back together. Hey, any any time that you aren't going to wake me up at 3 o'clock in the morning <laughs> to record, I will be there to record. Time zones. Time zones are a crazy thing. All right, man. This was fun. We'll have you back on soon. Keep grinding the Pro Football Network. Love you, buddy. Do it again soon. Love you, too. I'll be back. All right, this is Talking Star Podcast. We'll see you guys next next week. Have a good one.